0: Welcome to RCV Clips, short recordings and interviews designed to introduce listeners to helpful tools and brief explanations about ranked choice voting and how this voting method works. These clips are produced by the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center, a compilation of best practices and firsthand experiences from jurisdictions that have used ranked choice voting, also known as RCV. The website, www.rankedchoicevoting.org, and the overall project serves as resources for election administrators, voters, policymakers, candidates, and for anyone who wants to learn more about ranked choice voting. We are not advocacy focused, rather, we aim to provide resources that allow jurisdictions to implement RCV effectively and efficiently. The RCV Resource Center team is comprised of former election administrators who have conducted statewide, municipal, and district RCV elections. Welcome to our March 2018 edition of RCV Clips. I'm Karen Brinson-Bell, an election administration consultant with the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. As the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center, we focus on education, research and training and are not advocacy focused. Yet, advocacy groups often work alongside election officials in educating voters. Today we will talk with Maria Perez of Fair Vote New Mexico about the joint effort between the City of Santa Fe and Fair Vote New Mexico to educate voters about the first ranked choice voting election in Santa Fe, which was just held on March the 6th. Welcome Maria and thanks for joining us today.
1: Hi Karen, thanks for having me.
0: I'll just jump right into our first question. Could you talk a little bit about how you coordinated your efforts as a nonprofit organization with the local election officials in the city of Santa Fe?
1: Yes. So as soon as our legal battle with the city was over, we, you know, unfortunately had to sue the city to make sure that the implementation of RCB was going to take place as mandated by the city charter. As soon as we won that battle and, and that was over, I met with the city's public information officer. His name is Matt Ross. We we sat down, we met together, and we talked about what the city's capacity was in terms of uh, voter outreach and voter education. And we identified what the gaps were, what the things the city wasn't able to do. And in the end, that, that really turned out to be um, – direct contact with with small groups of uh residents one-on-one uh contact with residents uh you know the city was able to do uh, radio and tv advertising they were able to do mailers to every registered voter but they weren't able to touch people on um, the conversational level so we, um, you know, I said that's something that my coalition of community groups is able to do, and we give up the work in that way. So we, it was really important to get together to talk with the city about what uh, their capacity was, what our capacity was as community groups, and then, um, you know, uh, put forth a, a coordinated effort to make sure that we touched as many voters as possible
0: you did some really interesting things. Can you talk about some of those efforts that that your community groups did to fill in those gaps?
1: So the we did all kinds of creative things uh, including uh, rank your beer events with uh, in partnership with local breweries where where they would uh, give samples uh, samplers of five different beers and people could sample them and, and vote them, rank them in order of preference, and we declare a winner. We we had events like that. The most effective thing that uh that we got done in terms of uh work with the community groups was um uh Fair Vote New Mexico did uh regranting uh projects with uh two community based organizations in Santa Fe. One of them is Chainbreaker Collective, and they were charged with doing a door-knocking canvas. Uh, they are a social justice uh, organization. They focus primarily on transit and housing justice, uh, but they were interested in ranked choice voting, so we figured out a way uh, for them to knock on over 15,000 doors uh, where they, they got to talk to voters uh, about their issues, the transit and housing but also talk about ranked choice voting and give everybody a sample ballot and, and explain to everybody what this uh, election was gonna be about. So that was really, really effective. And the other organization that we work with uh, through through a grant was EarthCare and they do leadership development, um, particularly with youth in, in, you know, the most disenfranchised uh, district of the city. So they trained, uh, I trained 10 of their leaders, and then each one of them was charged with reaching out to their networks, you know, their schools, their work, their family, their neighbors, their everybody that they know in their own networks, and do house parties and do educational events about ranked choice voting. They did a lot of tabling events. So it really was about that. You know, person to person, small group uh, presentations to get people talking about renters voting. Uh, not from not hearing it from you know like an expert or or you know a political scientist or uh, the city clerk, but just hearing it from people just like them, their neighbors, their friends, their their coworkers, and that was also very effective.
0: It sounds like you really got in front of a lot of folks face to face and that doesn't always that's not always possible for election administrators since they're behind the scenes getting the election prepared and have to do mass marketing um i'm curious as to whether there were certain audiences that you knew you had to reach and in what kind of outreach effort you did in order to to reach certain audiences or certain communities
1: well going into it we knew there's four districts in the city and we knew that two of them uh you know they're they're more affluent uh they're more caucasian people are more educated they vote more in those districts we knew that we didn't have to put as much effort into uh but the other two districts are you know low turnout districts they um they barely ever get any sort of you know canvassing or or any sort of effort to to get those people out voting get get those neighborhoods engaged in the in the political process so we really concentrated on those two um districts from the get go so um we you know we just really thought about okay how do we how do we reach these populations how do we reach these communities a lot of a lot of that is like spanish speaking communities and that's why the you know we we really i really thought that the campus was going to be important and that this effort of uh, le- of leadership development and getting these uh, leaders from earthcare going out into those communities uh was going to be the way to to reach it because you know you can get a lot of radio ads out there we also uh did a, a bus campaign where we we had a rank choice voting, uh, like a sample ballot and some information wrapped around the city buses so that every, you know, every resident of the city was going to see that they were up for about seven or eight weeks. But it's one thing to see things. It's one thing to get a mailer. It's another thing to have the opportunity to actually have a conversation with somebody who might know more about it. So we definitely uh, concentrated on those two districts uh, primarily and made sure that people had an opportunity to have that one-to-one contact with somebody at some point uh, throughout the, the education campaign.
0: You've actually sparked two questions for me. The, the first one that that came to mind is um, you mentioned needing the Spanish sp- speaking uh, materials or Spanish language materials. How many languages were you working with?
1: Just two. I mean, Santa Fe uh, is uh, a pretty diverse city, and the diversity is, uh, you know, we have the local Hispanic population, we have uh, English-speaking Anglo population, and then we have a Native population. It's a bilingual ballot. Um, So, you know, there's English and Spanish are the two primary languages in, in this area.
0: The other thing that came to mind was you mentioned the period of time that the bus advertising was done. How long actually did you begin, uh, how long before the election, did you begin working on educational efforts?
1: I started working on educating the candidates and their campaigns um, three months before the election. And uh, you know that was key because all the candidates uh, were gonna we gonna do canvases, we're gonna do voter education as well so it was really important to make sure that those campaigns had correct information that they knew how to talk about ranked choice voting that they were aware that they're supposed to ask for people's second and third choice votes as well so that started three months before the election uh, the buzz campaign started about eight weeks before the election. And that was the first thing that we uh, put out there in terms of uh, voter education. We we wrapped those buses up. We, we got them on the road. And as soon as that was out uh, visible, right, in the community, we started doing uh, trainings. We started doing community meetings. We started tabling at events. Uh, we started going to senior centers. We started going to schools um, and, uh, you know, training uh, our the leaders who were doing the canvas and who were doing the the leadership development uh campaign as well. So two months really for voter education and three months uh if you include the the campaigns and the candidate education as well.
0: Had there not been the lawsuit, if circumstances had been different, is how would you what time frame would you have worked under?
1: You know, I like to quote our Secretary of State about this because um uh, she was a witness in our in our uh, hearing for our lawsuit and when she was asked this question is there enough time to educate the voters her answer was you know more time is always better this effort voter education should happen 365 days out of the year whether there's an election coming up or not however you know you have to make the best of what you have to, to work with and in this case I think we did great with the time we had, Uh, you know, voters understood it. Voters uh, were happy about it. We did an exit poll and we got incredible results. Uh, So it was really successful, right? Over 70%, uh, almost 80% of voters felt uh, that they were not confused by the ballot, uh, that it was easy, that they were confident that their vote was going to count as they intended it to. So we obviously, uh, between the community group, the coalition of community groups and the city's efforts, we did a really good job educating the voters. Now, in an ideal situation, I would have liked to have, you know, at least six months to do it, so that it wasn't such a frenzy, but um, but it was okay. It went all right, and, and voters got educated.
0: The quotation from the Secretary of State is, is well said, uh, whether that, like you said, whether that's ranked choice voting or any education effort for voting. Uh, You can never have enough time, but you make the best of what you have. I certainly agree. Uh, So here's our last question, Maria. What is one takeaway that you learned from the Santa Fe election that you would recommend to any advocate, election administrator, or policymaker for their jurisdiction's first ranked choice voting election?
1: My takeaway, I mean, and this is this is just part of the way that I do my work in general, you know. So it's not just about this this campaign with rank voting and with voter education, but with advocacy, with reform in general. The takeaway is that it requires organizing. It requires having an organizing effort on the ground, having people, regular people, um, neighborhoods, communities, you know, senior centers, schools having people have skin in the game, feeling that this is important, feeling that they want to help with the effort, so that it's not a top-down effort, but rather a, a grassroots, a, a bottom-up effort. Um, I think that's key. That you can't, I can't um, emphasize uh, enough how important that was uh, here in Santa Fe. And I'll give you an example. When we did the exit poll, we, we didn't have funding to do that, I reached out to all the different people I'd been talking to uh, throughout this campaign and I got 30 volunteers immediately. People wanted to help, people felt it was important, they knew that they were a part of it and and they wanted to help. So that's not something that you get when it's just election administrators doing the work behind the closed doors or, you know, city council just dis- making decisions about how this is going to work. It's so important to have people on the ground involved. And, uh, and really caring about the outcome. The other takeaway that I would like to, uh, to add is the importance of coalition building and working together, not just with the, with the different community groups, but really making the effort to work with the city officials, regardless of the fact that in this case, we had a legal bat- battle that was fairly, you know, it was contentious. But to be able to put that behind and say, okay, you know the judge has decided we're doing this let's work together let's coordinate our efforts let's make sure that everybody's doing what they're best at and that we're not duplicating efforts and that we're not uh, leaving gaps unaddressed so that was really really important as well
0: i will say i will commend you you did a great job of doing that i think you and the city officials the city clerk just once the decision was made, you all put your best foot forward and said, we're going to do this for the voters of Santa Fe. And I think Santa Fe is a great example for for jurisdictions all across the country of, of how to move forward and uh, to, to pull off a successful election. So thank you. And thanks for doing this interview with us this afternoon.
1: Thank you, Karen. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining
0: us today for our March 2018 RCV clip. Please take some time to rate this podcast and leave us a review. This is a monthly segment produced by the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play. You can find other resources the Resource Center has put together on our website, www.rankchoicevoting.org. Thanks to Maria Perez of FairVote New Mexico for joining us today. I'm Morgan Chance. On behalf of my colleagues, Karen Brinson-Bell and the rest of the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center.